We're on a roll. We want to get out of here before the Baptists go to the steakhouses. So, all right, let's, I want to talk to us a little bit about inner peace. We did something similar to this in Sunday school one time. And actually, I got more comments on that than I did anything else. So I've, I reckon there's a lot of uh, inner turmoil going on, and people needed that. So let's, uh, let's turn our Bibles over real quick, though, to Luke, the fourth chapter. I just want to read a scripture to you. Something that, was, that Jesus pulled out of Isaiah. <clears throat> okay, chapter 4, verse, let's pick it up about verse 15. It says, And he came to Nazareth where he had been brought up. And um, as custom was, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day. You know, a lot of people preach... Well, it was his custom to go to church every Sunday, and that's, that's not what that's saying at all. In Nazareth, where he lived, their custom was to go to the synagogue, and that's what he's trying to say, all right? So understand, let's try to keep things in a context here. But it says on the Sabbath day, and he stood up to read the Bible here, or the Word of God, and there was delivered unto him the book of the prophet Isaiah. And when he had opened that book, he found a place where it was written, and this is what it said. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. Now, by the way, this is in Isaiah 61 and 1, I believe it is. He says, I have, and he hath sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives, and recovering of sight to the blind, to set them at liberty, or to set at liberty them that are bruised, and to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. I'm going to tell you, this is an acceptable year of the Lord. And we got to understand, one thing it, it's common with me in this whole thing is that Jesus came to set peace, set us in, at peace with, within ourselves and with one another and with God himself. And he closed the book and he gave it again to the minister and he sat down. And the eyes of all them that were in the synagogue were fastened on him. And he began to say unto them, this day, it's this scripture fulfilled in your ears. Now, we're going to talk a little bit about inner peace, a little bit about peace. And it's up to you because Jesus is trying to free you right now from this stuff. I believe that. Every, you know, I didn't know how I was going to open up a message until I was on Cedar Village this morning to come up here. And God put this scripture in my heart and Marcia found it for me. And I want to tell you something. Jesus is all about peace. He wants you to have peace in your heart. He wants you to have peace in your lives. He wants you to have peace everywhere you go, Judy with an eye. He wants you to have peace everywhere. Rose, he wants you to have peace. Everybody needs peace. Amen? A lot of turmoil going on. What kind of, how do you know you got turmoil in there in your life? Well, you're at war with something. Everybody's, you know, if you don't have peace, you've always got some war going on in your mind and in your heart usually. It could be just because you don't like how you look. Maybe you just don't like how you look. You know, it, I get it. But maybe you just don't know, you just don't like it, right? Well, how about um, a feeling of inadequacy? Maybe you just don't feel like you can do things as well as someone else can. It's one of those things where... Uh, you know, man, they just get all the accolades, they just get all the breaks, and they get everything, and I get nothing. I'm always in the back, you know, in the corner somewhere. Well, that's where the walls meet, in the corner, right? So, how about this? How about you have a, a sense of 
unworthiness. You just don't feel worthy. Now, none of us feel worthy to serve the Lord, do we? None of us do. And if you do, you've got an issue. You're probably not born again, quite honestly. If you, don't, if you feel like you're worthy to serve God, you're probably not born again. However, with that being said, when you are born again, you know spiritually you are worthy to serve God because He has saved you. And the behavioral expectation for someone uh, who is born again is to serve, is to serve Him. Amen? How about uh, some people have just got some major insecurity issues? How many of you, you don't have to raise your hand, but how many of you can relate to insecurity a little bit in your life? And there's a, it's a big deal. Jesus came to set you free from that. He came to give you inner peace. How about a sense of not belonging? You just feel like you don't belong. You just, sometimes you come into church and think, I don't know if I belong here or not. Or I don't, I don't know what to do about this. I don't know what to do about that. Uh, listen, God made you the way you are today. He brought you here today. You belong. Any church that, that preaches the word of God, you belong. All right? And that's the way it is. And any household you go into that are Christian and they invite you in, you belong. Okay? So we have to do away with our inadequacies. And how do we do that? Well, we're going to talk a little bit about that. Okay? How about some of you, you feel like I'm, I'm just not ever involved in anything. I just don't know how to get involved. Don't know what it's like to be involved. Well, Jesus, his word is going to set you free from that. Because at the end of this, you should be able to, the, the scripture that says today the scripture is fulfilled in your ears. I promise you, if you listen to Jesus, that's what he's going to tell you. It's going to be fulfilled. It's up to us to be strong and to be courageous and to carry on the word of God the way it should be. So God wants us to accept the way we are, okay? Some people got a lot of talent. Some people don't. It doesn't matter if you do or you don't. Some people got more gifts than others, it seems like, and some people don't. But guess what? God made you uniquely and beautifully the way you are right now. God has a reason for how you are created. He has a part in the body of Christ for you. You just have to accept that. Forget the things that you can't do or that you're not called to do. Just set it aside and accept what God has given you because that is how God is going to use you. Amen? So if you've got insecurities, deal with that. Call on Christ. And I promise you, if that's a, a situation in your life, he wants you to study that out and find out what his word says. He doesn't necessarily want you to go and talk to people, which it doesn't hurt if you talk to the right people. But be sure they open the Bible and show you what the Bible says. Brother dude, you've been around as long as me in this church. We can preach the truth all we want, and we still hear some oddball things, don't we? We hear some things that just absolutely drive you crazy because you preach against it year after year after year, and you still hear people say things that, that kind of drive you crazy. But you've got to understand, God's in charge of that. We're not, are we, dude? God is in charge of that. And we have to we just leave it to God because like it is, as he has to reveal, Jesus revealed God to us. That's the only way you even got to know God. And God revealed Jesus to us. That's it. And it's just like that is how you're going to understand the scriptures when God shows it to you. We were talking yesterday, me and a brother, we were talking and 
you know, we're talking about people not coming to church because they're afraid they're going to have to give up this or afraid they've got to stop doing that. Listen, at the end of the day, you don't do things that we tell you you shouldn't do. You do things that God shows you you shouldn't. I mean, if you stop doing something, you stop, let's just call it, you stop smoking or you stop drinking, you stop whatever it is you do. If you stop doing that, do it because God is telling your heart to do it and get rid of it because then you'll have the power to overcome that because he'll help you. But if you're, not, if you're just trying to do it because somebody in the congregation says you shouldn't do that, well, that's going to eat you like a thorn in your foot. It's, you're going to end up limping off somewhere and nobody will ever see you again. So you've got to be ready, but you've got to be strong in Christ. Do those things not because Christ says, you know, we tell you don't sin, but we don't sin because, I mean, we, we don't not sin because we're told not to. We don't not sin because that's how you honor Christ. That's how you love God. And that's how you prove to God that I love you every day by abstaining from sin. Does that make sense? So God is good. And all these things we have to all work on because none of us are, uh, can, can point a finger at anybody, quite honestly. None of us can do that because we have all fallen short in the past from the glory of God. We have all fallen short of that. Doesn't mean you're that way today. As a Christian, you should never be that way. That should never be your testimony as a current Christian. But some people like to use it, and we'll just have to let God show them the difference. But at the end of the day, accept who you are, accept what you have, the way God has uniquely made you as an individual, and accept that, and rebuke those things that you think you, you're falling short of, because God just didn't give it to you. When you go fishing, Jack, you remember this, when we go fishing, we can't catch fish 15 or 20 minutes, what do we do? We get up and leave and go somewhere else because we know the fish are not there. So why waste our time? And that's exactly the way it is in the spirit. If you think you've got an inadequacy or you've got some insecurity, you've got some issue in your life that you are just downtrodden over, you, maybe it's, a, it's your kids or maybe it's your grandkids or maybe it's your parents or maybe it's somebody that you love. Let me tell you something. God made you the way you are to deal with all that stuff with what you have. Use what you have in Christ, and I promise you, you will make it in this life and in the, in the life to come. Just use what you got, because that is what God wants you to focus on. If you focus on those things, you're going to be dynamic in Christ. Amen? So, with all that being said, now, that was kind of the foundation, and I have to, I have to believe that I feel that scripture... When I, get, when I get up to preach. I, think, I believe God is speaking through me when I preach that the same words that Jesus said in Isaiah, the 61st chapter. Now, he came to do those things. We come to preach to introduce you to Christ, to, to remind you that Jesus is there for you and to help you, okay? Quit, what you need to do is quit relying on our own selves. So, let's turn our Bibles over to Psalms 34. Let's talk about some peace within ourselves because that's exactly what it's all about. Having that peace. Can you imagine waking up every day with peace in your heart? Can you imagine that? Imagine being in Afghanistan. You wake up every morning not knowing if you've got peace or not. God has given us a good country and he's given us a good church. He's given us good lives. 
So let's wake up with peace and not have turmoil. That turmoil that we have has, is nothing compared to those Afghanistan people and those people who are in Iraq and all those folks over in that part of the, the region of the world. Our, our situations are nothing compared to that. They deal with that plus the things that we're dealing with, insecurity and, and lack of peace in our minds and so forth. But Psalms 34, let's pick it up in about verse 12. It says, What man is it that desireth or continues to desire life and continues to love many days that he may, he may see good? Think about that. Is there anybody in here that just wants to die right now? Not how you feel right now. Do you, is anybody really wants to die right now? No, because we want to see peace. We want to be able to present peace everywhere we go. We want to see our kids and our grandkids. I don't want to leave right now because I don't want Dylan and Eli right there being in this life all by themselves. I don't want that. And Marcia knows that and she doesn't want to go either. It says, here's how you do it. Here's how you can be a, a person who desires life and get many days. Keep your tongue from evil and your lips from speaking guile. All right? T tongue from evil. God tells you in your heart what is evil. You don't need me telling you what's evil. But what does guile mean? Guile is one of those situations where you decide that, you know what? I'm not really going to lie, but I am going to deceive I'm going to do something or say something that's going to deceive someone. That's guile. You want many days? Stay away from the deceit. Stay away from trying to trick people. And just be open and honest. Because that's what Jesus is. And if you call yourself a Christian, you're saying you're like Christ. So is that how Christ is? Would he try to deceive any of us? He doesn't want to... But I don't want to hurt their feelings, but I'm just going to... I think... I'm obligated to do this, but your heart's not in it. That's, that's a deception, okay? So you got to do things. We have to be open and honest with each other, okay? So the Bible says if you want to have long days, then live that way because Jesus wants you to be free. He wants you to be honest, and he wants you to be pure of heart so that you can be a good witness. And that way you don't have to worry about yourself so much. You, you're considerate of others as you go in life says another way is to depart from evil and to do good. That's, that's a message all in itself right there. Depart from evil and do good. And then he goes on and says, seek peace and pursue it. Now, how do you seek peace? Well, number one, Jesus is helping you right now to seek that. There in verse 13, 14, there's five verbs. Keep, depart, seek, do, and pursue. Those are all action words that means it's our requirement, okay? I went on a diet one time, and I wasn't allowed to, you know, it was a, the doc, my, when I had a stroke a couple years ago, three, whatever it was, they said, you need to juice more. I remember talking to that dietitian, and she says, you need to juice. So we didn't have a juicer, but I had a blender, so we, we had, we kind of, I kind of blended things. I never did tell Marsha about it. But uh, I kept doing it. I'm thinking, man, I can't live like this. I'm, I'm, you know, I lost 43 pounds doing that. And I'm like, I can't sustain this. And so I started uh, juicing a T-bone steak. And I'm telling you, it worked. I went and <laughs> it worked. But the, the dietician, she said, are you, a, are you a vegetarian? I'm like, 
not in the strictest sense. You know, that was a little bit of a joke there. I don't know if you all picked up on that. <laughs> that dry sense of humor. But listen, that's deceiving. That's deception. You're trying to do good, and yet, you know, you know what juicing's all about, right? You got to juice the right things and drink it. I said, when I said T-bone steak, everybody was like, oh, the joke that I heard, it was, he said he, he juiced a ham. That's where I got that from. But anyway, that's deception. That's how you deceive yourselves. And if you can deceive yourselves, you're going to deceive other people. And that's, there's no trick about that. So depart from evil and do good. Seek peace and pursue it. All right. So what, what it's saying is, what does it mean to seek peace and to pursue it? Always be active when you're trying to seek peace. Be a leader. Don't be a follower. Be a leader. You want peace in your life? Then accept it. You know Jesus is there. He's going to answer your prayer. How many of you have even prayed about that lack of security you have or that insufficient abilities you feel like, you know, well, God can't use me. He's not going to use me because I don't have the abilities as Jill and Robin who get up there and sing. I can't sing like that. Or Brother Dude who gets up there and preaches. I can't preach like that. Or Bonnie when she sings. Or Marshall when she plays the piano. And Except for Joel. He's got the talent. But the, the fact of the matter is, how many of you really prayed about that? Just know, get to know you. Okay, when I'm doing termite inspections, I go around and tell everybody, get to know your house. You take a flashlight, you shine it on your wall, and you look at your walls and it looks great. But when you put that light on it, you see so many imperfections, it's unbelievable. You start going down through there and get to know your house because if you start seeing bubbles come up in that one day, it's probably termites because you'll see the termites will eat the paper between the paint and the drywall, right? So you'll be able to catch that. Well, you have to get to know yourselves. Under, you know, get to know who you are. You as an individual, know what your talents are, know what your, your qualities are and focus on those things because that is what God wants you to use. And at the end of this, I really believe what the scripture says. Today, this scripture is fulfilled in your ears. Why? Because Jesus said it. He opened our eyes to it and our ears to it, our spiritual eyes and our spiritual ears. And we know what he means by that, don't we? It says, depart from evil and do good. Seek peace and pursue it. The eyes of the Lord are upon the righteous and his ears are open unto their cry. How many of you know that you're saved today? Amen? I want to tell you something. If you really know that, you know that God's got his eyes on you and you know that his ears are open to you and you just got to claim that. Amen? Just got to claim it. Seek peace always. Never, ever, ever passively wait for peace because people will, they wait until they're dead in the grave and it never comes. You got to be active. You got to be actively seeking peace. And let me tell you something. You'll seek peace with someone who may not like you. You might, there might be somebody who has odd against you. You seek peace. And it might take a while to get it, but you're going to get it. And guess what comes with peace? Sometimes it, you gotta, it, your patience is going to be tried. You just got to be willing to be patient. And sometimes um, there's going to be times where you're absolutely thinking, man, I got to forgive that person. If you don't forgive someone, how in the world are you going to have peace in your heart? you got to forgive whether they forgive you or not. I remember when we had a split from Sharonville Church of God, a brother came up to me and said, you know, I would forgive them, but they've never told me they were sorry. 
Let me tell you something. How many people did Christ forgive and they didn't tell him he was sorry until later on in life? You know, did he not die for that, that many should be saved and that we should all uh, be able to find him and he took our sins away. He absolutely died so that we can have an opportunity to serve him with all of our hearts and souls and minds with peace in our hearts. And if you don't have peace in your heart and peace in your mind, you're not being a good disciple to Christ. We have to do that. Does that mean you're never going to get peace? Does that mean, I mean, you're never going to go through uh, battles? Does that mean you're never uh, going to be faced with situations? Never does it mean that. But you can have a peace that passes all understanding. Because God gave that to us. Amen? Other, so many scriptures. I'm like, whoa, Lord, slow down. I can't keep up with them. All these come to your mind, you know, when you're preaching. But once you achieve that, you know, uh, you're going to be happier even though other people are, can still be very difficult. Some people, they can be your friend, they can be a close relative, they can be a great coworker, and you do one thing or say one thing that they are against. Boy, I'll tell you, it's like they turn from night to day. It takes forever to get that back. But if you're actively seeking peace, that will come back. You always get peace because that's what Christ... Listen, Christ is seeking... Uh, he looks for peace in all of us, even as we speak. Christ is looking for, for you to be at peace with everything. And I'm not talking laying down in peace, laying down in your grave. That's not what he's talking about. He's talking about while you're alive, be at peace. Judy, you can do that, can't you? Amen? It's a choice, isn't it, everyone? It's a choice. Let's turn our Bibles over to Mark, the 16th chapter. Mark 16, talking about Christ opening our eyes because he came to preach the gospel so that we can be set free. And that's exactly what he wants us to be, free. How many of you are free in the spirit? Amen, all of us are. How many of you are free from that anxiety that you're faced with? That's something you got to work with. And it's your duty, your duty to be seeking peace, even in your own heart. Not necessarily with everyone else as well, but also in your own heart. Because that's how Christ talks to you. He talks very peaceably, peaceably to you. You know, you got voices in your head that tells you to do things. And that makes you feel bad. You know, then you can count on it. That's the devil. Because Christ, when he speaks to your heart, you're always going to have a peace about that. Always. Okay? The only time there might not, well, even if you're under conviction, that's the Holy Ghost doing that to you. Jesus himself sent him to us, okay? God the Father sent the Holy Ghost to us is what more accurately said. But listen, Christ wants peace in our hearts so that he can communicate. If you have more peace in your heart, do you not think that Christ will use you more with the way that you are right now? I'd say yes. I'd say the way you are right now, Trust me, God will use that because you are important to him right now. All of us are. Why would he die for us if we weren't going to be important for him? So Mark, the 16th chapter, let's pick it up in about verse 15. Well, let's back it up in 14. Mike, sorry, I'm going to back it up in 14 there. 
Afterward, he appeared unto the eleven as he sat at meat and upbraided them uh, with their unbelief. Now, there's a cha- there's because of unbelief, Jesus upbraided them, but he still made them feel good about themselves. See, that's the good. That's the good thing about good leadership. You can tell somebody the truth and still make them feel good about themselves. That's I, I can tell you, bosses I've had over the years that a lot of folks think is mean. Dylan and I had a, had the same boss, and we think he's pretty cool. Other people hated his guts, but he and I liked him because he would tell us the truth, and we accepted that truth. And that's the way Jesus is. He's, he says, and upbraided them not, um, I mean, upbraided them rather with their unbelief and hardness of heart because they believed not them which had seen him after he was risen. Listen, I'm going to tell you, that's the hardest thing for a newborn Christian to do is get out there and start, I'm born again. Hallelujah. I've seen Christ. I found him. And other people are saying, uh, yeah, right. Prove it. I'll, I'll see that in a month. You know, tell me in 30 days that you found Christ. Or we'll see. And then, you know, 35 years later, they're still looking at me, you know. Uh, and that's just how long I've been at this church. I got saved before I came to this church. But wow, dude, I've been here 35 years. I need to retire. You need to stay up here. I need to retire. But... It goes on down here, and, and that's the thing. When you get born again, people don't believe that he has risen in your heart because a lot of times you feel like you're inadequate when you get born again. But you've got to understand, just be who you are. I tell people all the time when I used to train them to be in sales, you know, every company's got this big old long script. You know, they want you to, oh my goodness, they're just so long and so corny. And I've never seen a company yet didn't have one like that. So you, you, you learn it, right? You, so you memorize it, you personalize it. I'm sorry, you memorize it, you professionalize it, then you, memor- or then you uh, personalize it, right? That's how you do that. Well, let me tell you, Christ doesn't expect us to memorize the entire Bible. In fact, I wonder about people who try to memorize the whole Bible because I wonder how much time they got on their hands. They should be out witnessing and so forth. But... After he's risen, though, and people, you're, you're born again, and it's a hard thing to say, yeah, I'm a Christian, because people don't have confidence in you. But listen, you be yourself. The one thing I always told people who I hired, you be yourself. Don't try to be like that script. Don't try to be like anything that you're not. Be yourself, because that's how you make sales. And I'm going to tell you, that's exactly how it is. When you get born again, you be yourself. As Christ shows you to get rid of stuff, you get rid of it as he says so. And people will start seeing that. People will start seeing the baggage dropping as you go. And that will be a true witness. People who are freshly born again, they get up from that altar. And I'm going to tell you something. They are the best witness out there. More so than people like me have been around 35, 45 years. They're more of a witness than I am at that point. So we have to remember, be who you are. Use what Christ has given you. That's the way you do it. Okay? So, verse 15. And he said, Jesus said to them, Go all of you into the world and preach the gospel to every creature. What creatures are they? Well, Revelation talks about beasts. Uh, You see how, you know, there's all kinds of things in the Bible. It talks about all kinds of different creatures. He that believeth, or he that continues to believe and is baptized, shall be saved. But he that continues to believe not shall be damned. 
Okay, so there's a continual belief there. You can't just believe one time and be saved and then go back to the way you were living. That's not really, you're still, you're wanting to keep anger and hostility in your heart. If you really want to be born again, you've got to continue to believe. That's what that ETH means. I know some of the translations don't say that. It puts an S on it. It kind of takes away from that continual service. But this is what the King James says. This comes from the original Greek and Hebrew. In verse 17, And these signs shall follow them that believe. Now here's some signs. Somebody said, well, an evil generation seeks after signs. Well, that's because they're evil. They're going to look for signs. All right? But these signs, they follow those who believe. In my name, and this is all in his name, shall they cast out devils. Let me tell you, you know what's keeping you insecure? The devil. You know what's keeping you uh, unhappy? The devil. You know what's keeping you from, uh, keep, uh, for, forget, from, uh, from forgiving someone? The devil. You want to cast out devils? Be born again. You'll start casting out devils. Because that's going to happen. And when you love someone, you're going to see those devils dropping by the wayside. All of a sudden, that person's mean demeanor is going to be a halfway decent demeanor. And eventually, they're going to repent and turn away from all that because God is going to show them the error of their way. I don't need to show them. Nobody does. But they're going to move forward in Christ because Christ shows them the error of their way. And you're going to see that. But the, our job, and this is one of the signs of us who are, are following Christ and we're born again, we're going to be able to, to treat people nicely. At work, they like to send me into these problem cases because I have a way of talking to people, I guess. And they, and they tell me that. And I'll, I walked into this one lady down in Bethel, and boy, she was ready to fire Orkin. I mean, she was ready to fire him. She hated it. Her boyfriend came out, and he was, you know, up in arms and about everything. And I said, well, let's see what I could do to help. That's all I did. And she said, Okay. And then before I got out of there, she hugged me and he shook my hand and said, we are so happy you came. And I'll tell you, that happens a lot because, and that'll happen a lot with you too. When you go out to people, they're upset. You just understand they've got a legitimate concern. You know, the devil, if anything, is a legitimate concern. They've got the devil in them. Well, you got to understand that. And when you go to talk to people who are like that, be yourself, be nice, and you'll eventually win those people over. Okay, so, but, but it starts with you having peace in your heart. And that same advice I told you how to treat others, you've got to treat yourself that way. Jesus expects you to do that. It's your responsibility to do and to seek and to pursue. It's your responsibility just like it is mine. But because of the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit of God, you can all and I can seek that and find that peace and be able to be a help to Christ and help to other people around me <coughs> and around you. It says, and they shall speak with new tongues. Well, you always hear this. I mean, you had a cursor, now you got a praiser. That's one way to speak in tongues. The other way is, wow, I remember uh, the way I used to talk on the knob where I was raised up in Hamilton. Some of you folks from Hamilton, you know where the knob is. It was a rough part of town. And I remember this fella came up at Bowling's grocery store and the wall slanted up, went higher and higher. And I was sitting on the highest end. I, I was getting a nosebleed. I was sitting up so high. It was only about that high, but I still get nosebleeds easy. But uh, 
this guy started preaching Christ. And I'll tell you something, that was a new language from what I've always heard. I was hearing, you know, cussing, and I heard, you know, let's, let's go throw rocks at that car. Let's go break the antennas off of that car. I've done that. I've done that a lot. Let's go knock over that mailbox, and that's how you got along up there with people. That's how you got along. But one day, I heard that fellow talk about Christ, and that changed my life forever. There were probably 10 or 15 of us that were there. They all made fun of him when he walked off. But I'll tell you, this guy never, and it changed my life. And I have to say I'm preaching today because of that guy right there. And I don't even remember who he was, but it, it meant something. People are out there looking for the same thing. There's a lot of folks and they're counting on you. Christ is counting on you to be good. Abstain from evil and to do good. Okay, that's what he wants from us. And he will help you. He will help deliver you through the, that turmoil in your own heart, in your own mind, because he will use you the way you are. And he doesn't expect you to be like anybody else, you know, strong like Tom and smart like Steve. And he doesn't expect all of that. He expects you to be you and he expects you to be you and you to be you and me to be me. He wants us to be who we are so that we can go out and witness to people and that we can win people. Let me tell you something. This church can be the strongest church in the nation if we would get that message. We can grow like in leaps and bounds. We can sell this building, go out and get a, a one story somewhere. Not have to worry about uh, uh, steps or anything. And we might even get Dude and Bonnie to come back with us one day. But we got to get one bill at one floor. You know, I, I, I can see that happening. But let me tell you something. It, it starts with you and it starts with me. We have to develop our hearts to be pliable for Christ to be able to use. Amen. And these signs will follow, they'll follow them that believe in my name. They shall cast out devils and they shall speak with new tongues. They shall take up serpents and they shall drink any, if they drink any deadly thing. <coughs> in other words, if you, if you happen to taste the wrong doctrine here from here time to time or, or uh, you know, Shelly was talking about these Buddhists and everything with the, with the green dragon. If you happen to uh, buy into a little bit of that by accident, you know, oh, it sounds logical. Well, that won't hurt you because it won't, it won't permanently damage you is what it's saying, okay? It shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. <coughs> you lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. What does that mean? You lay your hands on the sick in the name of Jesus and they shall recover. Those of you who, who like to take the Bible serious, I don't know why you're not, or uh, literally, I don't know why you're not jumping up and down for that. But there's a spiritual meaning behind it too. You know, lay your hands, the, the hands of Christ that you've, that spiritual hands that you have and you touch the hearts of other people and they're going to recover. They're going to be, listen, that's what Jesus is doing to you all right now. He's touching your hearts so you can recover from those inadequacies and that inner turmoil that's going on in your hearts. He wants you to be born again. He wants you to be saved. He wants you to go to heaven. But guess what? He needs you more now than he does in heaven one day. He needs you here now because he wants to use you to win people to heaven. Does that make sense? <coughs> Excuse me. Let's turn our Bibles real quick over to John, the 14th chapter. John 14. I love this chapter. There's so much because God has opened my eyes to it and I, 
I can share it with people, but if God doesn't open your eyes, you would never get it. But John, the 14th chapter, pick it up in verse 26. But the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, who's the Comforter? It's the Holy Ghost. Whom the Father will send in my name. The Father sent it in Jesus' name. He shall teach you all things. How many is all? Everything. He'll teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance. Whosoever I have said this, said, who, whatsoever I have said unto you, rather. So what's he saying? When you read the word of God, you're going to pick up some things. And you got to read the Bible at least once in your life. Just one time. I think everybody can do it at least once, you know. But the more you read your Bible, you don't, ne you don't necessarily need to memorize things unless it means a lot to you and you want to quote it. That's one thing. But God doesn't require us to memorize anything when it comes right down to it because he handled it right here. Everything I've told you is going to come to remembrance as you need it. That's exactly when you need to know it. As you need it, it'll be there. Now, you can try to memorize things if you want. But that's not a requirement of God. That's, that's you and your sacrifice to God, and it can be acceptable to God like that. But that, it doesn't necessarily say that in the Word of God to memorize it, but it does say to meditate. And a lot of people like to say, well, that means memorizing. It doesn't. It just means think about everything that's being taught to you. You know, you can go through life, and you can go through the whole day, and you'll see something. Some scripture will pop up because of something you see somebody do, Something you hear somebody say, <clears throat> you might read something, but everything will have Christ in it. And guess what? That's what you meditate on right there. Meditate on what Christ is trying to tell you to do right there. The reason people don't meditate because they don't know how to do it. They don't know where to begin. How about those instances? That's how you do it. When Christ shows you something, meditate on that all day long. How can I apply this to my life? How can I teach that to my children? How can I teach that to my neighbor? How can I uh, praise, give God praise for this in church on Sunday morning? How can I do these things? That's how you meditate. And meditate on what Christ has done. Then all of a sudden you'll start learning other scriptures and they'll come to you. And you want peace in your heart? How do I meditate on that? How do I meditate on that insecurity the, the goodness that Christ has for me to overcome this insecurity. How do I meditate on that? Well, you go to the Bible and talk and just, you, I promise you, if you're suffering from that, you will find somewhere during the day something about being insecure. Something will be there. And because that's how God is. That's how he talks to us. He'll talk to us because he knows our heart. We need that. It may not be today, it may be tomorrow, but it will be there. If you feel unworthy, you will run into something during the day or tomorrow or the week that's going to have deal with being unworthy. That song you played this morning, what was that about? It takes her a while, but she gets there. Just say Jesus. No, I'm sorry. What's it called? Just say Jesus when you're in, in turmoil and stuff. Just say Jesus because I promise you that's the only way you're going to get peace. You can go to all the self-help groups. You can go read all the books you want to read. <clears throat> you can do everything you want. But if you don't say Jesus in your heart, you're never going to get it. It's never going to happen. So, let's pick it up, verse 26 again. But, God, but the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things. Listen, if he says he's going to teach you all things, 
Again, how many things is that? Yeah, he's going to teach that to you. All right? And you may not, you may get it all in one day, who knows? But he's going to teach you all things. And bring all things to your remembrance, whatsoever I have said unto you. Okay? Peace I leave with you. My peace I give unto you, not as the world giveth, but, I mean, give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, and neither let it be afraid. When he says let, whose responsibility is that? It's ours. If he says let not your heart be troubled, it's our responsibility to guard our hearts. If, if he says to let it not be afraid, it's our responsibility to guard our hearts from being afraid. To fill it up with Jesus. Here's that mansion. Let's, let's call the heart a mansion of Christ. He's the one that deserves the mansion. Let him live right here, right here in the heart. It says, all of you have heard, I said, well, I won't, I won't read that, but why don't I say this. Jesus gave us peace. He gives us peace with God the Father. Amen. He gives us peace with him. He, um, uh, peace is found 353 times, I believe, in the Bible. I reckon that's a, that's a good word to remember. And I think that's how important it is. It's mentioned 353 times in the King James Version. We'll just say it that way. It, I think it's very clear how important it is. And Christ causes us to be at peace with one another. It, what does the Bible say? If you have ought against your brother, what should you do? Go to him. Make it right. Basically, it says don't even come up to an altar of prayer until you make it right. You know why? Because it's a form of repentance. You can't ask God to forgive you if you don't repent first. And what does that mean? You turn from that bad situation you're in and go the other way. You're walking this way. Now you're walking this way. And once you do that, you say, Lord, I am so sorry I was that way. I, please forgive me. That's, how, that's forgiveness. And that's the way it is with your, if you're out with a brother or a sister, he doesn't even want you to go to an altar until you make that right. Because that, stand, that is standing between you and God from him hearing your prayers being answered. Amen? So, sin has made us enemies with God. Do you think sin would make us enemies with one another? Well, you know it will. And if you're guarding someone, your best friend or a relative or a co-worker, and you know they're in sin and you're just patting them on the back all the way to hell, then that's on you. But God wants us to be saved and he wants us, that person that's committing sin and that's close to us to be saved. Because you are a pastor, every one of you are pastors. Why? Because you've got influence over somebody and that is the person or a group of people that he specifically wants you to go win, okay? We can't all be like Joe and Llewellyn and go halfway across, or Llewellyn, whatever your wife's name is, Luann. We can't all go across, we can't all go across the sea like they do, but I tell you what we can do, we can go to that person that we love that, that we have influence with, and we can win those people, amen? We can do wonderful things, and God said, and you gotta liken it to the talents, some of you got one friend, like me and Paul. We're only one, we only got one friend. But some people got five friends, like Steve. And some people got ten friends, like, dude. But guess what? We have to double that by investing ourselves and Christ in that friend 
or that person that we have influence over, and what does the Bible say? It's going to double. And then if somebody's not doing that, they're going to, God's going to take that person or those people away from that, that person and give it to someone that looks just like them. Somebody else that's doing well, Joe, you're doing well, I'm going to give you 10 more. I'm going to give you, my, I'm going to give you Rob's 10 now. How do you, what do you think of that? Because you can handle it. And that's, that's the way it is. That's how, that's how God works. That's the Bible. And you've got to understand, you've got to look at that stuff spiritually. I mean, there, I know there's some literal meaning to it, and I'm never going to take that away from you because that's how people read it, and I get it. It takes Christ to open your eyes spiritually, and I get that. But all I can do is present it. All you can do is present it. And when Christ wants us to know it, we'll know it. Does that make sense? So I can't get mad at people who don't listen to me, nor can you get mad if I don't listen to you. Jack and I, we decided a long time ago, I say, God bless you, Jack. We stop arguing. But he's been saying that a lot to me lately, not, not me to him. <laughs> God has us, but he also gave us that inner peace. Peace with God, peace with one another, and we have inner peace. If you don't have inner peace, Christ is going to, he absolutely wants you to have it. He's trying to welcome you into it. Listen, there's an internal quietness and a certain sensitivity of the soul when you have inner peace. Anybody ever experienced that sometimes? I know sometimes when, I remember when we were in Spain and I went to breakfast. I mean, everywhere I was craving American breakfast. And I, we went to breakfast and they brought me out a piece of toast and some tomato paste. My left arm, it went numb. I couldn't take it. I thought, how I'm going to die. But I remember when we went to there, you finally smiled, Joe. Thank you. Nobody, everybody else thought I was serious there. But I did, this part is serious. I went, I was struggling. I'm like, wow, I got to, I need something. I'm going to die here. I just literally felt like I was going to die. And we uh, went to a Starbucks. I said, Starbucks. And I went up and we went upstairs and they, Listen, over in Spain, Europe, when you get coffee, they give you little bitty cups. It's espresso. My other arm went numb at that point. I didn't know what to do. I'm walking around like this. Marsha, give me a straw. And so I asked for an Americano uh, coffee. That's what it's called over there, Americano coffee. I asked for that, and they gave me a big old cup about like that. It was a, a, a soup bowl full of coffee. And I remember I went over and there was a window over there. And I went over there and there was a chair. I sat down, put my feet up in the window, and I drank that coffee. I was at peace. Oh, I, was, I felt wonderful, Judy. My arms started coming back. Listen, and when you, when you juice a steak, your left arm is going to go numb for about an hour. I'm just telling you, just be aware of that when you do it. It will go numb for about an hour, but it will bounce back. But that's, that's that internal peace. Listen, that, God wants you to have that internal peace. Just like I had when I had that coffee. I was at peace. Tyler and Marsha were in the room with me. They weren't going that way and that way. And I'm standing there looking around. Where am I at? No phone number would work. And I'm like panicked. I'm like going. I can't, I can't be over in another country by myself. I don't know how Tyler does it. But I couldn't do it. But anyway... Uh, I had that peace, and that's exactly how God wants you to have that peace. He wants you to have that inner serenity. And I'm telling you, I felt sur there was a lot of inner serenity when I got there. It's our, 
And how do I how do I know how do you get that inner peace? It starts with a relationship with God Almighty. Amen. You got to have that with Jesus Christ. Just have it. Wherever you want to call him, God, Jesus, whatever you want to call him, just call him. I got something else here. It's very good, but I don't know where it is. Somebody moved it on me. It'll come to me directly. Oh, here it is. Nope, that's not it. Oh, well. I guess God changed his mind. But here's the thing. Christ is good, and he's good for you, just like... They talk about food being good for you. Listen, Christ is good for you. Amen. I wish I had that because it was important stuff. But I'll tell you, uh, Christ is, he's awesome. He wants you to be happy. He wants you to thrive in Christianity. Just be yourself. That's all you got to do. Think about this for just a second. Is there anything in your life that you think if you had to do it all over again, you would do it. Of course, we all have that stuff. Now, bring it home today. Is there anything in your life now that you wish that you could deal with and get rid of? Because there is hope. There is a way. And that's through Jesus. Amen? I think we'll stop right there. And this time, I don't want us to stand. Let's just sit and relax. Be at peace. And then whoever comes to sing, is anybody singing? Debbie? All right. You can stand, though. <laughs>